Welcome to season three of Her Money Club Stories. I'm your host, Rachel Minnie, and I'm excited to share with you that Her Money Club has grown to over 600 women learning together about monetizing their skills, money management, and building wealth. After 17 years of being in the financial services industry, I'm really over the industry selling you products you don't need and not focusing on how they can best support you with your mindset and habits. So I want millennial women to be less stressed about money and I have a surprise for you. I've revamped our money library membership and we'll be giving it to you for a limited time at half the price. The money library gives you access to over 146 bite-sized lessons like organizing and automating your money, establishing clear goals, specifically based on your values, eliminating stress by improving your money mindset, discussing with community members just like you who are taking action to get 1% better every day with their money journey. If you want access to the money library and all of the basics that you need to be successful with your habits and money mindset, you can check it out at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash membership. The next 100 members will receive the half off price. Again, that's financialfitnessunleashed.com slash membership. I'm excited to share more with you this season and hear about your aha moments from this episode. Don't forget to share a screenshot of the episode and tag me at Her Money Club Community on Instagram. With that, let's dive into our juicy conversation today. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories Season 3. This season, we are going to be focusing on the truth behind what it actually takes to go from a corporate job into monetizing your skills. We're going to be hearing from a ton of different coaches, freelancers, business owners on how they make the decision to go all in on doing what they love, getting paid for it. So as we follow along on their journeys, we will discover what it takes from a mindset perspective, the building blocks and the challenges that unfold. And we are all going to learn how to monetize our magnificence and really step into our power with that transition. So today we have Ruth joining us. I don't want to butcher your name and I did not ask before we started the recording. So can you please state your full name and what it is that you are doing with your corporate job, which I know is wrapping up, but then also what you are doing and stepping into. Mm, Okay. So thank you so much for having me. My name is Ruth Andrat Kamutali, which is a mouthful, I know. But um, yeah, I was born in Angola. So uh, in Africa, and my mom is Zambian, so I just have a background of Angola, Zambia, and um, uh, I started out, I really had a really humble background, having a father who was a refugee in Zambia, um, because of the war in Angola for for over a decade, so what happened was, we, we used to basically live in a container, like those six foot containers. I don't know how you call them. But I always used to feel that um, there had to be more to life, you know, that there had to be more to just being on that level. But then uh, I moved out from Zambia and they came to Angola. Uh, when I arrived in Angola, Angola is this oil 
uh, rich country, right? So you have all these multinational companies uh, based in Angola. And I quickly found a corporate job in, in, in the oil industry. And that's how actually I started out. But then uh, I grew very quickly in the corporate world and people, sh people will understand, the person with my background will understand when you're coming from that level and you get to this corporate world and you are having so much recognition, you tend to hold on to it with the dear life. So I was um, the type of uh, uh, very career or oriented, you know, I would work from... <laughs> Uh, five to seven didn't matter because I was this is mine and I'm not losing it you know and um, money started pouring in uh, they it's a really it's a very high paying job very uh, on the standards of um, of uh, Angola and all so I, I got to uh, buy houses in Portugal because my father also has a Portuguese nationality which I have as well. So I ended up investing a lot, but somewhere deep down, I was still not fulfilled. You know, I was living the dream. I had this, <laughs> I, I was, I had investments, but just in houses in Portugal and, and someone from that stage, I was supposed to be feeling fulfilled, but I wasn't. There was just something that was crying in me like more, more, but, because what I've realized is that networking, who you talk to will actually influence a little bit your life. And I was so into the oil industry. So everyone was talking about manager positions and I don't know, these type of things, you know? So business was not actually something that, that was in my mind. And then came 2016, still with this, this feeling of I need to do something but I was okay you know I was fine I, I can't complain I was in a very good space I was earning a lot of money but 2016 I just came across this um, this advert of uh, President Obama at the time uh, that was trying was uh, made like a kind of a a call a call uh, call for young African leaders and he was like, you're an entrepreneur. And I, I understand that for you to grow, to scale your, your, your business, you need to be with the right people. And so he launched this, uh, this uh, fellowship in the USA. And I thought, I'm going to apply. And I, wasn't an, and I wasn't an entrepreneur. And I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. But actually, I used to be in this because I came from this background I used to give out a lot so I had an organization helping young women just studying because I knew the power of studies I had scholarships throughout my 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 studies so I never felt that need of um, the, the 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 money component because I was very I was like a high top 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 class student so I had scholarships so it was fine with me but I knew how young young people without scholarships were had the difficulties of getting into universities and things like that so I would host these things to help young women and based on my on this uh, on this part of me I was chosen so I was like yeah 
And then I go to the USA, right? And, <laughs> and I meet young entrepreneurs, like young people doing great stuff and they're not working for anybody. <laughs> so that's when the entrepreneurship seed was planted in me. I felt like a fish out of the water and everyone was like, oh, so you're in the corporate world. And they were like, oh, I own, I own actually schools in South Africa and I'm the owner of, I don't know. <laughs> Ah, so my like 10K per month corporate job, isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so just awakened that and, and I started going after this. And then uh, 2018, I, I, I got, I, I had my son and my son was autistic, is autistic. And then I started going that 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 part of me of wanting to be an entrepreneur just full blown because then I, I wanted to be there for my son I wanted to be the one taking him to therapies and I wanted to be there with him and it, it was that time that crazy so that's how I got into this and that's a little bit about my corporate job <laughs> I don't know um, if I went overboard with the explanation. Oh, that's, just that's perfect. It gave me plenty to kind of dig into. Um, and, and tell the audience specifically what you are stepping into now from your entrepreneurial side. Yeah, so um, I started a marketing agency with another mom. So funny story is with the whole autistic angle, I met this great lady based in Brazil who was a freelancer same story as me, wanted to be with Hassan. So she was a freelancer offering social media management. So with time, we started like uh, in 2019, 20, we started out this freelancing gig, just both of us would get in clients, marketing agency, but then we started scaling and we just became a full-blown uh, market, digital marketing agency. And that's what we do. But uh, apart from just the marketing agency, we try to get in women because I had no idea about any freelancing or anything. And she told me like hands-on. So I bought a whole lot of courses and they never made me scale to the point where I was supposed to. So the hands-on uh, method, which she told me actually worked. So we also work with women who wants like a, a mentorship program where it's a hands-on thing. And yeah, that's what we do. So that's what I mean to have a marketing agency, a marketing, digital marketing agency. So first language, Portuguese, forgive yep. that. I <laughs> love it. And I want to even go a layer deeper because I know a lot of people who are going to listen to that, this are going to say, okay, digital marketing agency, they'll make some assumptions on what that means. So as an example, you gave social media management is one thing that a digital marketing agency does. Are there other things that you do or do you just focus on the social media management? So this is a lesson that I, we just learned, right? Uh, we were into everything like website designing and, you know, like the full-blown digital marketing where we could offer um, everything from the printed ads to... Then we started niching down. So we are just offering social media man management and we do paid traffic 
and we do uh, paid traffic on all platforms, Google, Facebook, and we, we became better in that. So our agency only does that, that's it. And to a specific niche, that's it. So whenever we get a woman on board and we get maybe a client in another niche, then we, we, we give it to her. She does the deal. But yeah, so we are just, we are just specialized in the social media management, the Facebook paid ads, and that's it. Beautiful. Love it. And I, I, I want to make this distinction because I love that you have an answer for that. Um, a lot of people early in their journey don't have an answer. Like what specifically are you doing for whom? And, and, you know, the niching part is a big challenge with a lot of, um, even my clients that I work with in the mastermind where it's like, that's where we're figuring out, like, how do you target your ideal client? Like who do you even want your ideal client to be? And granted, there's a figuring out process to that, but like then sticking with it, then saying it and like marketing it as that. And to your point, when you might attract someone who's not that exact ideal, you kind of figure out, okay, is this something we want to add to the mix or not? Um, so I love just how you phrased all of that because it just reinforces how important niching <laughs> is. <laughs> and we talk so about important. it all the time. It's so important. Just do it. Just commit yeah. to it. <laughs> it's worth I, it. I, I know firsthand it's not easy. Because then we don't have the, the budget and we want, can I just accept this client? Can I just do this? No, no, no ways. We only manage to scale when we niche them. And we yeah. actually did a contract for that. We actually wrote down that between me and her and my partner, we're not going to bring in any ideas like, no, no ways. So, yeah. Yeah, because this brings up another topic that a lot of us as entrepreneurs, once we have that bug of entrepreneurship inside of us, we have all these ideas and granted, uh -huh. a lot of them are great. Some of them are good. And so you don't want to commit to the good ones. You want to commit to the great ones, but even like the abundance of great ideas that we all have, the problem is we still are narrowing it down <laughs> and committing <laughs> to go forward and really deepen our ability to be even greater in those, you know, couple of ideas, right? There's always yeah. 10 or 12 ideas <laughs> constantly floating around. So the <laughs> discipline required, uh, here's my question that I'm coming to is, how do you stay disciplined in that commitment to, hey, you guys have agreed upon, we're going to do these things. These ideas are what we are working with. Like, what was the mindset and like, what had you realized to stay disciplined in that was going to get you to scale? Mm. So it's not that easy. And I won't lie to you. We're still trying to figure that out, how to be like super disciplined. But uh, um, so, so just for, as an example, we are not that disciplined because we, we, still, we still kept the, the, the media, the printed, printed um, part of the advertising, which is giving us a lot of headaches. But since it's actually something that we invested a lot in, we can just kick it out. But for us, I could just say it, it seems simple, but it was us doing a contract where we said, for the next six months, we are scaling in this way. We are just going to niche down to that and that's it. Like a super simple contract. And if we see that in the next six months, I personally think six months is even less. It should be one year actually. But because we, we are, I just left my job, right? And you know that, that fear in you that says, are you gonna make it? 
you have you're used to a certain kind of life so I'm going to have to go down a little bit I'm okay also with the agency but I'm going to go have to be a bit more uh disciplined so it I said six months you know like we did this contract six months and it's written so there's no way so it's kind of a way to keep us disciplined but it's not easy at all yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> contracts, to your point, are a huge part of keeping yourself disciplined and allowing yeah. yourself to continue to show up. You know what you're showing up for. But I love how you also brought up like kind of that fear, like when you do leave the safety net, right, of yeah. the corporate job. That's why a lot of people don't take the leap, right? Yeah. And so exactly. when and now that you're kind of at this breaking point, which is a really pivotal point of acknowledging, yes, there is a fear of, you know, running out of money, fear, like lots of money fears that come up, the safety mechanism, all the other things that come with having a corporate job and the safety of that. How have you been with your self-talk around that? Like, what do you usually say to yourself, like in your own narrative of like, okay, we got this, we're going to figure this out. I think that for me, at least, it's something that's very, that has been always in me. So when mm. I commit to something, I commit. Uh, so for example, it's uh, mindset is something that I'm working on very much as well in terms of the money itself, like uh, um, trying to try not to get under the water when we are not doing that well, you know, not just not falling, not thinking about it. and. And I, I just say to myself, I'm, I'm, even if I was in the corporate world, who was going to guarantee me that, I don't know, something would happen with the oil industry and I would be on the street. So I, I try to think of it in that way. And also because of my, my, my background, I just think I didn't die when I used to live in a container. So even if I'm not that okay, I want it's nothing. It's about fulfillment, right? And I'm so fulfilled fulfilled now that I have my own business not just on the family side I can be with my son when I want to because I I do my calendar but also on the fact that I'm doing something that's going to be a legacy like I'm not in this just to be making money I'm in this to make a name I want to be out there I want to be all in you know so that keeps me going it's not just about the money for me at least you know it's not about just that it's about the legacy it's about what I'll do what I'll become tomorrow so that keeps me going and yeah. not <laughs> and building like the resiliency muscle is what I'm hearing too right like the resiliency yeah. to keep going regardless yeah, of exactly. maybe the evidence right around you is like you know there's concerns and I love that you also brought up like you've had past experience which has been vastly different than like what you've experienced, you know, what you've become to your point. So in knowing and trusting yourself to continue to be resilient, you know, and trust yourself to continue to drive forward, to continue to make progress. And I think that's a pivotal thing that at least for many of us that like grew up in America, that frankly, there was not a, a lot of uncomfortableness per se yeah. relative to like what you're describing. Like maybe, you know, we can all have our own sob story of like, well, my parents weren't around this, that, and the other, but it's like, there's a pretty clear difference of standard of living in America 
and American culture. So it's like we, it, it softens us in my opinion. And yeah. as I've continued to travel the world, it's like, oh, like there are deeper levels of poverty than what I've experienced, you know, in America. <laughs> and it, you know, like it's, it just brings so much gratitude to me around like, okay, can I observe that this is where some people, you know, live in the world and how they live and recognize that like, they're out here every day working fields, like literally right out there <laughs> and doing things that I would never want to do or, you know, like, but, but that is their, their station in life. And so can I simply be with gratitude and also show up and teach others to show up? Like you yeah. have to sit online on a computer and like you get to do things that you actually enjoy. And like, yeah, there's some things you don't want to do, but like, get over yourself right <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are so many worse opportunities out there so like give yourself the resilience to 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 work through it so thank you for sharing all of that. Saying. <laughs> yeah um, I'd love to transition here a little bit into um maybe just some moments in time that you can refer back to where um, you did have a transition, um, with your mindset around money. And if they're especially like transitioning from, you know, corporate mindset to entrepreneurial mindset. And I love that you use the words you want to build a legacy because that also comes with some mindset shifts and how you show up to your work. So are there any thoughts that you have around either those two points, the money mindset part of shifting from corporate to entrepreneurial or shifting from kind of like show up, get a paycheck versus building a, a legacy? Well, I don't know if I got the, the, the question real good, but uh, uh, correct me if, uh, if it's not what you want to hear. So for example, what, what, my, what I always told myself when I was in the corporate world and I had this freelancing on the side I started seeing that from my corporate job, I had that fixed monthly payment, okay? And it was not going to change. It would change some, some percentage up and some bonuses there and here. But uh, I, 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 used, I, I, was just, I kept on thinking to myself, if I do something that is mine, I can actually be able to scale it. Maybe it will start off on a low level, but it can be scaled to a really high amount, to six figures, seven digits. And that's what, this is what I kept telling myself. Uh, so I could shift from the safe paycheck monthly, which was not bad, but to, to maybe a lower paycheck, but which can actually scale in, in the right decision, uh, in, the right, in the right path that I wanted it to. So I don't know if that's, how what you wanted to, <laughs> to yeah understand. so I'm gonna dissect because I, I like to use people's words because I'm gonna maybe make it more technical but <laughs> what you essentially are talking about is the transition of risk right so you are talking about like the risk to show up to a job and get paid the same amount every single time versus the risk involved to show up to something and maybe not see the initial investment really pan out but you know, long-term, the more you show up for that, the bigger the investment is going to be longer-term. And it's just, 
it's the same concept when we take a risk um, and invest in stock market or real estate or, or any other investment. And this yeah. is how we think about that, but we don't often translate that to our income. And so this is the distinction. It's like, can you look at your income and the skills that you are building upon as the building blocks to then scale your investment of your income, meaning make your income more and more and more and more for the rest of, of time versus okay. stay at that same risk level, that same safety level your entire life. And there are so many women out there who are just playing safe and not taking risks because they don't want to lose. And that's how they're thinking. They're not thinking about all the wins they could have if they were to increase their income. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> playing it safe right now seems like the the the, the perfect uh, decision. But I can guarantee you, I've seen it all. I've I've um, I've seen that does it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It it doesn't matter as long as if okay. I I I normally say this to people. If you're okay and you're happy, because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Okay, so if you're okay, if you love your corporate job and if you love working up and going to, great, do that. But if you're just playing it safe, you like to wake up, you have to really fight with the bed and and why? I mean, for what? Just to keep it safe. For me, for me, it's something that doesn't really click, you know, doesn't make any sense why we could i know i was in that space at one time but it's something that now when i look back i say doesn't doesn't make any sense and to be honest one thing that i forgot to mention that that keeps me going is that if you try something new and you give yourself a contract you can't give yourself a contract of three months and then you say it didn't work no it doesn't work like that if you give yourself a contract for two years at least to scale it you just go on to it just try it and try it and if it doesn't work what's the worst case scenario you just go back to the corporate world right do the same thing we're doing yeah yeah. So. yeah yeah I love it. I love your analogy of like, if you have to wake up and fight with the bed every morning, <laughs> I love that because it's true. It's, you know, if you are jumping out of bed every single day for whatever you're waking up for, or whether it's a corporate job or your entrepreneurial journey or to be a mom or whatever it is, then yeah. do some, some inner work to change that, change your mentality around like, how can I show up to my everyday life and jump out of bed and be excited for whatever's ahead of that day? Exactly. Like more of us that live life that way, like so much more peace will be had across the board. <laughs> for sure. I work up at fall and I don't fight with the bed. I'm so happy i'm so grateful it's such a it's such this feeling of gratitude in my heart that you have no idea it's so big every time i open my eyes and i say i have one more day to go at it you know and every time i start looking at that that income statement showing me that every day we are growing sometimes we're not growing that much and sometimes but so fulfilling that i wouldn't trade that for anything wouldn't never. <laughs> I love it. Um, I want to talk about time management because I know this is a, a big hurdle for people as well. So when you were 
doing corp job and freelancing and playing mom, and I'm sure 5 million other things. <laughs> um, how do you negotiate your time and how do you set boundaries with your time? So crazy, to be honest with you, I never, I didn't know how to jungle that. So it's, uh, I will have to say that there are certain things that none of, some of us are not born with it. Organization skills was not something that I was, that I had from my upbringing. Time management was something that I didn't have. And I had to get myself into these trainings. I had to get myself into these masterminds. I had to get myself. So it's like you, you have to build on your skills. You, it's something that you have to build on. So for me, when we started out, when I was like a freelancer and I had my full-time corporate job, I'm blessed to have a wonderful partner. So shout out to my partner, Ingrid is her name, uh, where she would hold the pieces and she would just do it because I was very bad at this. But I started I got into a course. I got into a course of time management and I have this journal, Make Your Own Magic, which is just, it's written what I have to do, when I have to do it. And for me, it started giving me this discipline where I start off my, my work saying that from this time to this time, I'm doing this and this time to this time. In the corporate world, I used to be an organized person. Yes, I should say that. But I always had someone to tell me that, this task should should be completed at this day. It's not like my company wasn't like micromanaging people, but we had like tasks to be completed. So just follow that, right? But when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have that. So I had to get into these courses and I'm still learning. I'm still getting my mindset to the point where I want it to be, which is something that everyone should get. Everyone should do something find a program I don't know your program I don't know and just get into it and just stick to the to the people who know to show you because it's impossible to just know everything yeah so that mindset, I learned it it's a journey right and it's still continuing right like I'm sure there are still parts of your your mindset journey that you're still working through right and that you That's still true. want to evolve and improve upon. So one thing I'll say about this topic, because I think what I've learned in traveling the world, which is its own full-time job, managing a business, managing my partner's business, like other businesses I'm a part of, like all of the pieces, it's it's at a, a point where you only do what's necessary because there's so many people moving pieces, yeah. right? So you just have to do, not do the busy work essentially, but the accountability is where I think you're, you're really speaking into, you know, learn through courses or masterminds or programs and the accountability piece of just like you would create in a corporate job, that uh, mechanism of I'm writing down a task, I'm doing it at a certain time and the task is done, right? That organization around it, it's a really simple thing to do. And you get that framework essentially when you're in a corporate job. So give yourself the same framework when you are an entrepreneur. Exactly. And I think we all kind of have this like rebellious stage where like we rebel against this, just, oh, I don't have to do it that way. It's like, no, it works. Like the framework works, just use it to your advantage and around the things that you want to do with your time. Like for you, you know, being with your son is like one of the top priorities. So of course, everything that he 
is involved with is your is in your day planner, right? It's a part of the plan, but now you can move the other pieces around accordingly and no one is dictating that to you like in a corporate job. So that's the value, but use the framework the same way. For sure, for sure. It only works if you do that. If not, you get frustrated because so many information, so much to do crazy and it's not all roses because it's not every piece of a running a business we are happy doing i'm good with strategic strategy and all that but when it comes to the part where i need to understand some i don't know some finance parts of it i'm, I'm done for the day so yeah but it has to be done so you end up having to do it either way yeah um one last question then we'll kind of um wrap it up so you, I want to talk about like maybe what it, one of the biggest challenges has been for you on this journey. And it might be like in this area where it's like, oh, these are some pieces that you mentioned, like the finance piece or, you know, whatever, or maybe it's accounting, the pieces that you don't understand. How do you, especially in the beginning, maybe kind of rely on the information from when you started, like, how did you get to a point where it's like, okay, I have to learn this. I have to figure this out. Like, what was your process in that? Well, firstly, we tried like the route where we do it yourself, trying to get all this, uh, going into all this kind of informations and trying to get it in, in our heads. And, but doesn't work that way at least for us it it didn't it didn't make any sense to do it in that way what worked was we got someone who's good because social media you know it's a it's a huge world and it's sexually saturated if if i may use this word it's like a lot of people are doing this it doesn't mean that it's not profitable it doesn't mean that uh, there are a lot of freelancers and i can't be a freelancer because then it's saturated no it's not true it will depend on how good you become at freelancing. It will depend on how good you become at the management of social media. It doesn't matter what. But for us, we were trying to get all this information. So we need to do this and we need to do that. And we need to learn this. It didn't work that way. We got a mentor. We got a coach who knew what he was doing and the process behind it. And we stuck to that. So anything that came our way, we were not looking because it's one thing at a time. And we did that mastermind, we, we, we finished it, we, we, we applied the skills, we, we became better at it. Just doing one thing at a time, that's what made the digital, the, the, the agency scale very quickly because we just stayed with one person because you're bombarded with so many information. And if you keep on here and then, yeah, we, you drown and it's, it was scary because then sometimes I would feel like, am I going to make it because it's so much information and so much, this one is saying that and that one is saying. So yeah, trust someone, trust, trust a mentor, trust a coach that you will feel that connection with and just do what they say, follow that mastermind, do one, and then follow it for a while. And that's what we did, at least, to get to this point. Yeah, 
I love it. What I'm hearing you say is experiment, right? Like stick with something for long enough to experiment with it and test it out and see if it works for you. And that's what I love doing in the mastermind with new people as well. It's like, you don't know what you're going to like or enjoy until you try it. So you can't be afraid of not figuring out or get stuck with the, well, I don't know how to figure it out. You have to move forward and actually do the thing and then try it on and try it on and experiment, experiment until you figure out either your way to do it or that you're clear, like this is not your way. And there's five other ways you can do it. So that's okay. (laughs) And we can move forward. Right. But it's like, that's the part of the resilience that you want to figure out along the way too, is like, how do you like to experiment? How do you like to show up in that? How can you make it more playful and fun and something that you want to jump out of bed and do every single day? So I love all of that. Thank you for sharing. Um, And to wrap up, let us know um, for the audience where people can find you. And then if they want to connect with you on any of the services you offer, how they can do that. Okay. So currently we only have everything in Portuguese. We are trying to also transition to the English part, but for all Portuguese speakers, because I know there are a lot of uh, people who speak two languages, we have a a group that we just recently started out, which is like uh, uh, entrepreneurs in the uh, the blue world, which just means um, the whole um, autistic thing. And because that's where we actually met. So it's just a group where we share information. We just, uh, we help each other out in, in any way. It doesn't matter if you're in corporate world, if you're in whatever stage you are at. And then we have our, our website, which is the Agencia Free Office. So our company name is Free Office. It's a free office. You do what you have to do. And so that's the meaning of it. And it's really called agenciafreeoffice.com. And then you have my, ha- my my Instagram handle and Facebook. I'm not a so- very social media person, but uh, yeah. So people can reach out. For example, if anyone wants to like really wants, can be in the social media management already and sh- social media uh, management already freelancing and wants to scale, wants to scale with other social media managers who are actually killing it. So they can just contact me and can work with us. Uh, we like to do it in that way because we we already set up and having another person with us, we don't see it as competition. On the contrary, we see it like a way to grow together. So, so that's our program. And I would love to hear from anyone who would be interested to share social media management hacks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Ruth. Ruth is a connector. I've decided she's going to connect you if that's a path you want to take. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much today for hanging out with me, Ruth. And I'm going to stop the recording now. Thank you for having me.